Hello and welcome to Illy's Coffee Talks. Season 3 is going to be about all my favorite topics including slow living, inner work, entrepreneurship, creativity, spirituality, slow traveling and health. I am Ophélie Cabanero, your host. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, Ellie. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. You are in Scotland right now? Yes, I was born in Scotland, yeah, live in Scotland. Where exactly do you live in Scotland? I'm in the Scottish borders, um, so south of Scotland um, and quite close to the English border, actually. I live in a little town called St. Boswell's in Melrose. So I swapped city life in Edinburgh for village life down here just over the summer, actually. Mm. Shall we start with this transition? Because I'm interested in it. Yeah, yeah. We can chat a little bit about that. I live with my partner and my daughter and we've got a little cat, Bella, as well. And yeah, we're all settling in really well. We've been here a few months now, but it was a big transition for us as a family because my daughter is of school age. Um, my partner and I both run businesses and work from home. He runs a digital design studio. I run a branding studio. And the move was okay in the sense that we didn't have to uproot ourselves from say like a bricks and mortar location as business owners but you know there was still a lot of planning and thinking and decision making involved in the move but ultimately it was really about trying to create a different life for ourselves yeah. and while I love my hometown of Edinburgh I was feeling this call to get out of the city yeah live somewhere a bit more rural yeah. and um, yeah after a bit of research and wrecking we decided to to settle here it's still a kind of period of transition for us but you know we're enjoying it so far and it is a very different way of life that comes with its challenges but um, I think it suits us. Can you share, just this is totally personal interest, but the um, positive aspects and the so-called negative ones? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, I think for us, the, one of the main positives was really around the cost of living. So, you know, when you're in a city, of course, it is more challenging. You do have more costs to cover, and particularly in Edinburgh, you know, the the kind of cost of a home there and mortgage there and things did kind of, it was getting to the point where if we wanted to upsize, we would have to work harder, mm -hmm. earn more. And I think we just both felt like we were at a point in our lives where we'd kind of done the long weeks, you know, the mm -hmm. long work weeks, mm -hmm. the working from morning until night and, you know, I feel like I sort of got that out of my system in my 20s. And mm -hmm. since becoming a mum mm -hmm. eight years ago, I suppose my 
values have changed a lot and the way I want to live has changed a lot. And I think that's kind of influenced part of the move as well. So I suppose the positive aspects are that we can live a an almost gentler pace of life here and we can have more space for less cost. And we've also got opportunities to maybe build a home in the future, although that's a little bit of a pipe dream, it feels just now. That's way, way off, but that's certainly our kind of hope longer mm-hmm. term is to to be able to to build somewhere really. And I suppose the negative aspects are like the convenience. So for mm-hmm. me, being able to just catch up with a friend and, yeah. you know, go for a walk. And of course, I can make new friends here and do mm-hmm. that. And I can go for solo walks or walks with mm-hmm. family. But I think, yeah, like I'm not as close to my friends. I'm only an hour away. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's... um. It's, it has impacted on things in that sense. So there are times where I felt a little bit lonely or, mm-hmm. you know, have missed people that I would see a little bit more mm-hmm. regularly. So I've definitely had to adapt in that sense and kind of find other ways of kind of building that mm-hmm. connection with yeah. people. Um, I've probably become a bit more reliant on social media for that actually mm-hmm. yeah. lately, um, which again has its pros and cons it's wonderful that you can connect I mean Mm -hmm. you know we wouldn't be having this conversation Mm -hmm. exactly if it wasn't for social media but yeah so there's definitely been ebbs and flows over the last little while thanks for sharing it's it's also something we have in mind with my partner but I think I'm not ready yet to exactly leave this if I want to go for coffee with a friend, I can just walk 10 minutes or something and be in the city and have a great chat or go to a yoga class or all these things. But we'll see maybe a few in a few years. <laughs> it's yeah. Also yeah, it's definitely a decision to, yeah, to plan. It is something to plan for yeah. and to really think carefully yeah. about. Like for us, it's been on the cards for years to be Mm. honest and then it was during the pandemic that we started to feel like actually now's the right time to to maybe make that move Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah did you have it on your vision board because I saw you posted about vision boards (laughs) yeah I've been doing a a little challenge this week around um helping people to shape their brand story so as a brand designer I support clients with strategy styling storytelling and the the brand story topic is a really interesting one because I think it's something that people often find intimidating or overwhelming so um I've been offering up a few opportunities for people to kind of explore their brand story this week on Instagram and through some emails and yeah I'm just sharing like journaling prompts but also activities like creating Mm -hmm. a vision board so Mm -hmm. yes I have been getting carried away with glue pen paper 
scissors <laughs> magazines this week um, and also trying to help people to kind of create digital versions as well if that suits them better but mm-hmm. um, yeah if, if I think back to years ago like I definitely had a lot of kind of like home related stuff on my vision board I think my kind of vision for kind of like home life was quite different you know like say 10 years ago or whatever to what it is now and I, I've been kind of creating vision boards for a long time now really um it's not something I do every single year um I, I kind of just go with the flow with it a bit more but there there were times even the last few years um where I would kind of do something seasonally and even just create mm-hmm. create it based on like how I wanted to feel you know um yeah. not necessarily yeah. what I wanted to yeah. do so that's amazing I think to share that yeah how you want yeah, to feel. Yeah, I mean, it can be, well, absolutely. I think it can just be such a great tool for kind of bringing something to life. Um, it's more mm-hmm. tangible than, say, mm-hmm. just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I want to do something or I want to change something and then quite easy to not take action on it. So mm-hmm. I think with a vision board, you've kind of got this concrete thing in front of you which visualizes all those mm-hmm. hopes dreams mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings um so yeah I I think it's a sort of task that people struggle to make the time for because they almost don't see the value in it mm-hmm. or they wonder really how it's going to help them but I don't think it's until you've actually tried it that you know and I've certainly had times where I've created a vision board I think back to like the first ones I created, which involved a lot of travel. So like places I wanted to go and and then I would look back on that a year or two later and I'd have been to those places. I bought my first home. Mm-hmm. I'd hit that financial goal. You know, I was doing a lot, you know, there was a lot of concrete stuff mm-hmm. in my vision boards in those days. Now I would say they're a little bit more around the feeling aspect mm-hmm. rather than the doing aspect but I think still just as valuable really and since you I mean I totally why I said yeah it's amazing that you maybe it's just getting older right we've done all these things and now it's more about how you, we want to feel but I recently I realized there is a lot of things behind the specific things we want and I thought yeah it doesn't make sense anymore for me or right now to think about specific things that I want but more how I want to feel and that's why I (laughs) threw out my vision board but it makes sense that you did it I guess yeah you can do it how you want to feel and since you are super visual I guess since you help people with brand design that it's it speaks to you to have it with photos and colors yeah yes absolutely I mean yeah the background I mean sorry (laughs) yeah I do have a lot of like stuff colors no it's beautiful yeah (laughs) yeah colors I'm not one of life's minimalists I do like pretty little objects and things and not 
in a kind of like meaningless, oh, I'll see that and I'll have it kind of way. But I suppose just over the years, I've just curated and collated things that I like. And I also struggle a little bit to let go of the things that have brought me creative inspiration. So there's a lot of the stuff you see behind me on the shelves there, like shelves there I've maybe had since I started my first business at 21 and had like little things that maybe kind of brought me comfort or you know gave me that kind of creative spark mm-hmm. and um yeah some great books that I've read and I don't know if I'll ever read them again but they've maybe just <laughs> yeah. given me so much yeah. that I yeah struggle to kind of part company with them <laughs> you don't have to if it still serves you in a way yeah, like um remembering maybe your oh that's it all you did so what what was your first business when you were 21 well all my businesses have centered around graphic design so when I was 21 that's when I became a freelance designer so that was when I first decided to go out on my own in business and so I suppose leave employment and take a little bit of a risk Mm -hmm. and see if I could sustain myself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was 21 um, when I set up my first graphic design studio, um, which was called Creative State. And a few years later, my partner joined me and we then got an opportunity to acquire And that sounds a bit grander than it actually was, but take on another design studio. So we were at a point in the business where we wanted to grow. So we wanted to have one or two team members, Mm -hmm. but then we were at a kind of crossroads because, well, do we take, do we get people on board and then go out and find the work to support everyone? Or do we take on the work, try and win that and then, Mm -hmm. quickly find the right people Mm -hmm. that are going to fit with us and so when this opportunity came along to acquire another business it kind of just made sense it was another small studio like ours um that business was called if looks could kill and so we took that on and we merged the businesses and my partner run run, now runs that business so that's Mm -hmm. his digital design studio Mm. and we ran that together for a number of years and then about two years ago I decided to shake things up a little bit and I was doing a lot of digital work and I really miss branding and I decided that the only way I was really going to attract the clients that I wanted to attract and do the kind of work that I wanted to do was really to Mm -hmm to kind of start something new. Um, And I felt as well, because I'd been running my business since I was 21 and then it had kind of evolved and merged with another, I'd been doing that for a a long, long time. You know, um, I think by that point, sort of 15 years or so. And so it made sense to, to me anyway, I think I just felt like oh, I'm at a different point in my life now. And it was like you said earlier about our age, I suppose. And I, you know, I'm a completely different person with different 
values really mm-hmm. um from when i was you know a young woman trying to kind of do something quite risky you know and mm-hmm. yeah so i i felt for me it was like an opportunity for me to really create something that felt good and right and that fitted with me at the point i was in my life um and so my business these are the days um which is my branding studio um yeah that's been running for two years now and I think it was the right decision it certainly still feels like it was the right decision Mm -hmm. so so what do you focus on now um primarily like brand strategy brand styling and brand storytelling with clients so that is supporting them with their own kind of dreaming and planning in their work and most of the the kind of day-to-day stuff that I do is around design so the brand styling element is is really my main focus area Mm -hmm. so that's supporting clients with creating a brand identity so you know logo design fonts color palettes um print and packaging and I do still sometimes support them with website design Mm -hmm. though I team up with other people on that okay um and and then there's the brand storytelling aspect which I really enjoy because that is where I try and help clients connect with their audience and build their communities and really just I think create a little bit of a language around their business and support them as they move forward really so yeah it's nice to be able to kind of have that focus now I think and and not be trying to cover all areas of graphic design which Mm -hmm. I think I just got to a point where it was a bit exhausting and I just needed to give myself a bit more room to breathe and yeah, the chance to do the bits that I love. Yeah. And you work with uh, mostly women or everybody? Um, Primarily, I've not actually had any men approach me through these are the days, you mm-hmm. know, like for um a quote or to work with me with any of my kind of like products and services um and that's not intentional but I do think it's just the nature of kind of Instagram which is where most of my work comes from at the moment Mm -hmm. um but also through I suppose my website and my email letters um I think with the approach I'm taking and the language that I use, mm-hmm. it just seems to appeal a little bit more to a female audience. But mm-hmm. I do have some clients through If Looks Could Kill. So I still support my partner. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he wins website work where okay. a little bit of branding input is required. So I've worked on um, branding an app recently and working with an architect on his branding but mm-hmm. through if looks could kill so it's really interesting like okay. I do still have some male clients but mm-hmm. they just come through a different avenue yeah yeah so I don't remember exactly what made me 
I can actually check. Or do you remember when I reached out to you to do a podcast? Maybe you posted that you did a podcast with... I think I... Yeah, it was very... I think I was just really bold. I was just like, hey, I've just finished doing a podcast with someone. I really enjoyed it. If you've got a podcast and you want to chat, give me a shout. Yeah, but, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but I think I wanted to do a podcast with you before I saw that. It was the same day and I didn't see that post and I asked you and then I saw the post. And that was yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> and that so, was funny, yeah. I remember that now yeah I think I liked your the branding and you were talking about storytelling I think on the podcast yes so there's one coming up where I'm chatting about storytelling and I've done a couple recently where they're maybe centered more around the branding work that I do so one was purely on styling and helping people actually work on their own brand styling without mm -hmm. necessarily having to make that big investment at the mm -hmm. moment um so yeah I'm just um trying to I suppose find different ways of connecting with people so I quite like this medium and mm -hmm. just the opportunity to chat mm -hmm. really and yeah. yeah I do like a kind of deep conversation yes, so me too. yeah <laughs> no surface level stuff yeah, here <laughs> no yeah <laughs> maybe I will ask you in a bit about some tips for clients but first I would like to go into what inspired you to talk about what inspired you this week um, and it was inspiration and creativity so this week I've been running a challenge um, on Instagram and through my email list as well called Shape Your Brand Story. Mm -hmm. And it's really just an opportunity for people to have a little bit of fun and try and ease into finding ways of sharing with their audience and connecting with people a bit more easily. And mm -hmm. so my hope is that some of the kind of resources and things I've been sharing with people will have given them a little bit of inspiration to kind of think a bit more deeply about their brand vision and also about their values. And then the next and final topic is brand voice. So actually mm -hmm. how they can shape their words mm -hmm. and tell their stories um, hopefully without the pressure that I think can sometimes come with branding. And I think that's one of the things that I want to try and do through my work is make it a bit more playful and remove some of the pressure that's associated mm -hmm. with it as well. Yeah, because when I think, for example, of the why behind the business and all these things, you know, that you're supposed to have when you create a business... And everybody tells you, you have to have this sentence. I help, no, 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 do, mm -hmm. bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I get super resistance towards those things. And then I ask myself, do I actually, and I will ask you, do we actually need to dig into those topics? Or can it just 
come or maybe you have something to say with the storytelling or, and I don't know how you do it with your clients or yeah, can it come naturally there's... yeah sorry you know yeah I think yeah. so no, I think there's like there's no set formula for how you approach business or branding and I think the most important thing is that you do what feels good to you and so the first thing I always say to any client and have also kind of communicated to those who are taking part in the kind of mini challenge or experience or whatever you want to call it this week is to go at your own pace and Mm -hmm. also just treat everything as a bit of a pick and mix you know pick the ideas that kind of speak to you and explore Mm -hmm. them so some people have really liked the idea of just going and creating a vision board and just having a bit of fun others have really sat down and thought about the questions that I've asked in relation to brand vision and brand values which is the the days we've covered so far and I've shared journaling prompts so that they can go as deep as they want to Um, And also just some tools for inviting their audience along to kind of contribute as well. So like asking customers or clients or other business friends, perhaps, to input and to really just help them gain some clarity. And Mm -hmm. so what I wanted to do was just create something that was useful and informative And they also didn't have any of the kind of shoots, which, as you've pointed out, I think can often come with any kind of marketing or selling is like, well, this is the way that you do things and this is how you Mm -hmm. should approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried to keep it quite light and Mm -hmm. I think just give people the chance to play a little bit with Mm -hmm. ideas and see what comes up for them. And yeah, my approach isn't really formulaic. It's very much built around each client and their needs and so yeah hopefully that is what comes across when I kind of communicate with people online as well so that they feel at ease and like they can go at their their own pace and there's not something they have to do completely because I think when you approach things in that way it almost removes that barrier for people like Mm -hmm. that resistance which you Mm -hmm. mentioned because Mm -hmm. if you tell somebody what to do or say this is how you should do it Mm -hmm. I don't know it gets my back up so I kind of just feel yeah there's this immediate tension um whereas if it's more of an invitation um then I think it can be a bit more helpful and I I do challenge people because it's like I think we there are certain things that you need to answer if you're going Mm -hmm. into a kind of branding process Mm -hmm. you need Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of identify certain things but I think there's ways of doing it to kind of fit each client and kind of Mm -hmm. respond to respond to them I suppose in a way that kind of feels good it's almost like um, you need empathy skills to be able to do that kind of work. If you don't tell them this is what you have to do, if you go more with how they feel and think. Yeah, definitely. I think empathy is the right word. And I was kind of thinking that before you said it, because 
that's probably what's led me to start to do some creative mentoring with some of my design clients is just that kind of sense of wanting to create a safe space for them maybe um and that's quite a new part of my business but it's one that I'm quite excited about and just to Mm -hmm. kind of see how it develops because I think it is more of a kind of handhold and somebody having someone to lean on rather than this kind of here's the design process and you have to fit within Mm -hmm. that. So if you mentor people about creativity, I guess you notice that it's hard for them or they need support in that field. And so why do you think it's so hard for us to do something about our creativity or express it? I think for a lot of people, it kind of starts from a place of, feeling like I am not creative Mm -hmm. and so we grow up believing that creativity is art and writing and music and Mm -hmm. those were all subjects I was interested in but math science you know geography history these are all creative subjects as well and then when you go into the working world you know I I went into a job that was in marketing and design and so had what could be dis- described, I suppose, as a creative job or, a, mm-hmm. you know, I was in a creative career. Yeah. Um, and the thing about a lot of the clients that come to me is that, you know, and they will say it, like, I'm not creative, you know, they'll get flustered about the design process and if I'm chatting to them about colours and fonts and things, it's it's um it is a process of nurturing and kind of drawing things out because more often than not all the ideas are coming from the client you know and the end result has come from the client and I'm really just there to facilitate and yes use some design skills to make things happen but it's the answers to their questions um, or rather the answers that they give me to the questions I ask that kind of form the creative brief and help us, you know, arrive at that end result. Um, but yeah, I think for for some people, it, it's this sense of not being creative. But, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, starting a business is creative. Mm-hmm. It is like one of the biggest creative acts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, creativity is bold, it's brave, it's about freedom it's about you know I think being able to kind of like share your deepest ideas and things with the world you know there's um yeah yeah and and also you know about figuring stuff out really you know we have to be creative every day when we make decisions and Mm -hmm. um and it's not easy and so I don't think people give them enough, uh, give themselves enough credit for their creativity. You know, they mm-hmm. do, they are creative. They're inherently mm-hmm. creative. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, we're creative in different ways, I suppose. And it's mm-hmm. kind of just tapping into that and, and yeah, helping people feel a bit more comfortable, you know, with the creative process. 
You probably see it uh, with your daughter that, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of school she goes to or all these things, but kids have this creativity in them and they express them. They're constantly making things, uh, drawing and all these things. And then at some point we stop doing that because either we think we're not good at it or yeah, I guess school, I went to a normal school and then school told me, well, what was important and serious and then what wasn't. And maybe that's when we stop uh, being creative or maybe at some age also kids sing, right? And then at some point you stop singing because you're ashamed or you think, yeah, you're not good. Do you notice this with your daughter? The mm -hmm. How old is she? Yeah. So she's just turned eight um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's so funny, some of the things that you've mentioned there. So, like, she woke up singing this morning. I'm not sure what she was singing, but, you know, she <laughs> yeah. humming a little tune to herself. And she is very sing-songy at the moment. She's sort of going through a phase where... I think like one of the plans is to be a pop star, but she's in, she's very creative, absolutely. Yeah. And probably like my number one source of inspiration at times because she just has so much energy and there's so many things that she is going to do and achieve. And, you know, like at the moment she's, well, she's been making bracelets. So she came up with an idea like a year or so ago yeah about 18 months ago she wanted to start making friendship bracelets and then she decided that she wanted it to be a business <laughs> but it. then then she kind of like well first of all she she wanted me to do a logo for her so it was so funny she was like a little client and she's like <laughs> yeah mom you know these are the colors that I like so we picked a phone we picked colors and I just made it quite a quick process because I thought god I'm not working on, <laughs> on this with her for weeks um so yeah we just had a bit of fun with it but it was so interesting how it kind of like brought it all to life for her, her and she felt really proud of it but also there was just nothing that she couldn't make a decision about like she totally just went with her heart the whole mm. time on all those decisions. So mm. yeah, fastest branding project yeah. I've ever yeah. worked on. But <laughs> then of course, she is a child, you know, her her mind then went elsewhere, you know, a few weeks later. So then she was going to be like a pizza maker. Then she mm. wanted to be a, a baker. So yeah, we go through all kinds of um, like... Faces. Yeah, faces with her. But yeah, I think she's still like in that stage where like she's kind of unstoppable and that. Mm -hmm. um, but she she gets creative with so many different things. Like she loves kind of potions and magic. So at the moment, she's very much into just like mixing anything she can get her hands on, which is a bit of a nightmare when you go in the cupboard to like get something to add to dinner and it's not there because <laughs> it's been mixed in with like washing up liquid or whatever but yeah she's like yeah I, I think the thing about kids is that they're just so like innocent and mm -hmm. they're not tainted with all that rubbish mm -hmm. that you occasionally mm -hmm. you know have to deal with in your later years in school I mean I'm hopeful that things 
have maybe changed from when I was at school mm-hmm. um, and that she'll have the chance to kind of feel okay about what she's doing and what she's exploring. Yeah. Like for me, I I was encouraged by my kind of art, English and music teachers, but I also remember feeling shamed by other teachers because I wasn't taking as much of an interest in like math science Mm -hmm. other subjects like that Mm -hmm. which quite frankly I was terrible at and Mm -hmm. so for me it was really about focusing on what was a strength yeah so you were interested in visual things or text from an early age yeah I used to do a lot of drawing and kind of illustrating as a kid so it was all like making up characters and kind of little worlds really um I've still got like one of the first drawings I ever did of like a little character that I thought might be in a book you know and it's like he was like a little wizard and (laughs) I spent ages on him so it's like funny like stuff like that and I've still got a recording from like a song that I made up when I was about six or seven I was like hiding in the bathroom recording it awful song but I was like you know what very creative (laughs) so it's like little things like that um and I don't know, I, I think at school, particularly in high school, you know, I had to kind of really fight, just focus on creative subjects because that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I did have to, I suppose, yeah, have some difficult conversations with certain teachers or, mm. um, you know, my mum about kind of like <laughs> Parents, letting yeah. certain subjects go yeah, yeah well this yeah. is it so it's um it, it was a tricky time and I, I didn't have the best experience at school either just from the perspective of never feeling like I sort of quite fit in struggling with sort of friendship groups and yeah school wasn't a particularly happy time mm-hmm. um and I found a lot of comfort in creative subjects, actually. So I would just kind of get lost in Mm -hmm. singing, which I did um, as part of music along with piano, although I've kind of let these things go now, um, but really just kind of like focused in on the design. So I did do graphic communication at school, although it looked very different to the, the graphic work that I do now. English was another one that I loved you know I loved writing but Mm -hmm. um, again sort of put that down for like 20 years and it's only recently that I've really started getting into kind of writing again and and you have a book project yeah which is kind of scary to put out there because it's like I'm writing a book it just it's one of these things isn't it lots of people have that dream and it's like I'm in the thick of it at the moment and I'm at a point where I'm I'm kind of I've got a, a few more things to develop and then I'll be focusing on finishing the full manuscript hopefully by January mm-hmm. um but yeah in the last year I just decided that it was time to kind of invest in myself again and nurture that part of my creativity because you know for so long the focus has been on design and I'd really lost my confidence with writing, but I I really excelled with writing at school. And it was something that I felt really confident doing. 
And so I'm not quite sure why I let it go. It kind of felt like I had to choose and that I had to focus. So even though I, I enjoyed kind of dabbling in different things in my teens, I was like, right, now I have to actually focus and make a career out of one of these. Yeah, everything else kind of went to the side. So the writing is, um, it's really challenging me actually, but... Um, yeah, it is challenging yeah. too. Are you writing at the yeah. moment as well? Also a break right. and it's yeah, it's so hard. And I have a coach and I have a support group and all these things, but sometimes like I don't I, I will ask you more about the book if you want to answer. But yeah, sometimes I feel that you have you have it all figured out, you have the outline, you have everything, you wrote everything, and all of a sudden something happens in your life and because it's a self-help, and I guess it could happen with fiction as well. And you think, no, it doesn't make sense anymore. I have to change everything. And then you leave it for a few weeks and your friends ask, how's the book? And you are like, don't ask me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden something else yeah. happens and you're like, oh, that's how where it's going next. Okay, I can pick it up again and and move forward again. And then you realize, oh, actually, it's not much different now than what I had planned in the first place. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. It it really, you? I can well the same really. You know, I can relate to everything you've just said there. And I just think for me with the book, it's like there's been seasons where I've been able to write mm -hmm. more and better than others. So like, I went through like a real winter with the project, like a proper winter over winter. Like I yeah. felt kind of really flat about the whole thing and interestingly before the winter my book had been leaning more towards kind of like creativity and branding and being something that I felt would support kind of clients or people in business but my heart just wasn't in it because I do that every day and I can write blogs about these things and I can send emails about these things. And what I felt like when I came back after the winter and I kind of had a chat with my writing mentor and um, we had a really great session one day and I think it was like early spring this year. And I just suddenly had it and like, I was like, right, I'm going to do memoir. And after that chat, I went away and wrote my prologue and it was like this strange flow just happened and so since then I've just been developing the this memoir and that feels really big and scary to say because you're kind of like oh I'm writing a book about myself and I I do struggle with that like there's a lot of stuff comes up for me around you know who am I to write memoir and who wants to read about my life? But <laughs> it's, you know, we all love stories, don't we? And yes. We love, yeah, real stories and people we can connect with. And I think we all have a story to tell and there's value in those stories. And I really do truly believe that. It's mm -hmm. just very hard to apply those beliefs to me sometimes. But that's the kind of process I'm going through at the moment. So my plan is actually to wrap up um, my 
kind of projects in the next couple of weeks. And then I am going to focus on my writing in December and January and really just make that commitment to it because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something I'm just sort of squeezing in. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a point now where I feel like I need to choose to believe that it's worth finishing. Yeah. It's interesting. Huh? The I think both entrepreneurship and creative projects, like a book, really you have to dig really deep in yourself or you have to overcome so many things, so many beliefs, like who wants to hear my story or whatever. And it's fascinating. And also about the the seasons, you know, like we are so used to, okay, I have that goal. I'm going to get there at this moment. But I think with writing or maybe for some people, for, for professionals, it works like that. But for me, I've never done it. I only write blog posts and that's also hard sometimes, but it's it's getting easier. And a book is more like, can take you don't know how long it's gonna take you you know maybe yeah I feel I I was talking about that on the podcast with Ellen it's really creative projects have a different timeline you know how they work maybe sometimes you have to stop writing for a month because it just doesn't work anymore and then all of a sudden oh wow you got a different perspective on things and then it works again well, that's it. It's like you're, you need to go where your energy flows, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's like, I'm certainly at a point where I've been a bit low energy with the book, but like high energy in other ways. And it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. allowing myself to kind of mm-hmm. go with that and not punish myself for it. Yeah. It's re- I, I still do, you know, I've got that little voice that's like, you should be working on yeah, your book today. But I don't have the kind of capacity for it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that just in terms of time, but I think there's got to be, like, particularly with non-fiction, and a fiction writer might come along and tell me I'm wrong, but I do think with with non-fiction, there's this kind of emotional energy that mm-hmm. you've got to have the capacity for. And I certainly find that because my book is covering quite tricky topics, you know, life topics that yeah. people don't always want to talk about or dive into, mm-hmm. um, like loss and grief. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that yeah, makes tough. it hard for me sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, to get that balance. But then there's also just these underlying themes of like curiosity and creativity that I am injecting in and hopefully will bring a bit more joy to it and make it readable but it's tough because if you're writing about an experience that that wasn't joyful or that was like the saddest day of your life how do you do that in a way that feels okay for you but that Mm -hmm. is actually going to appeal to an audience Mm -hmm. as well so there's it's very tricky and even just the idea of you know like writing something so personal and thinking about it in the context of how it's going to appeal to people is difficult Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I'm not really doing this for marketing. I'm Mm -hmm. kind of just doing it because I've realized I need to write Mm -hmm. this and I need to get it out and also embrace the process. 
because I think that's the biggest part of it for me is that it's healing and it's helping me move through a part of my life where I'm having to accept certain things but embrace others and yeah lots of shifts and changes and things going on and the book feels like a kind of yeah like a crucial part of that and my hope is that people will connect with it too but if that's like my only goal like to get published or yeah yeah, for people to read it the it's like you were talking about how you know that resistance like I start to resist if yeah you think of comes down to like yeah exactly yeah yeah I I also I posted something on Instagram about why slow living and I was talking about the fact that I was raised mostly by my grandparents and ha 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 so funny need I say more but then in the book I say more about that and then I go into such a an emotional thing because I remember my childhood with them and it's not a lot it's just like a few paragraphs but it's like okay (laughs) yeah it makes you yeah go back in time and remember people or situations and it and it's amazing at the same time you know to to go back like that because if you would not be writing it could you go back as much i don't think so you can think a little bit about it but yeah it's more powerful yeah. to write it down yeah completely and sitting in those kind of feelings and emotions that you had it's kind of like bringing that moment back to life again and yes yes, some moments are easier to bring back to life than others and and some are harder to sit in aren't they yeah do you journal on a regular basis I try to to? journal Yeah. yeah I used to be and I'm going to be kind to myself here but I I did used to journal like daily and particularly after going through the artist's way mm-hmm. um I got into more of a creative habit with the journaling I suppose but what I also discovered is that for me like three pages was way too much mm-hmm. and sometimes writing on an evening and yeah. doing a bit of ref- like reflective yeah. journaling was actually better running pages and so I still journal. I would say I do it at times where almost like I really don't want to, but I know that I need to just to kind of like figure mm-hmm. some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, Let it out. Yeah. And and sometimes it even is just like a few lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do go easy on myself with the journaling because it can be quite time consuming and we don't all have time to sit down and write three pages every morning Mm -hmm. and I actually got to the point where I got a little bit bored of that and really just needed to change it up a bit more so sometimes I quite like um, using a guided journal because Mm -hmm. you know you'll just get some prompts from that and other times I like free writing and Mm -hmm. just you know the blank page yeah same I I used to do the artist's way too, and I don't do it anymore. But when I feel the urge to especially handwrite, then I I just do it. And it can be any time during the day. And yeah, it helps to understand a lot of things or to remember things. I have like 
I'm journaling since I'm 20 and I have a few journals and it's fun sometimes or hard also to go back in and to see what was going on. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yes. It's a tricky exercise. I remember that from the last time I did the artist's way and the first time as, as it happens. And so I, I did it in 2020 and yeah, one of the weeks, it's like one of the latter weeks, isn't it? You go back through all your mm-hmm. morning pages and like highlight things from it. And it, it was a really interesting process it's, for me. Yeah. I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm just moaning about one or two particular things the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. like, I must change this. Yeah. So it was quite revealing, but I, I did love the process. I found it oh, just such an emotional thing to go through, mm-hmm. but also like hugely expansive and it definitely played a part in helping me decide to start the new business because it just opened up so much Mm -hmm. but yeah the artist way that could be a whole other podcast Podcast. yes totally (laughs) but I also I find it interesting for so well-being and all that but also for having ideas Sometimes I, for, for the business, for a post or the book or whatever, or a podcast, I, I start writing down something and then I, I realize, um, oh, I can actually use that. And maybe you want to, because you, you wrote me, maybe it goes in this direction that you have inspiration for creativity, for creative things. I don't know. It comes from different places, and yeah. maybe you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit. Talk so with the the artist way, I suppose one of the things that it taught me, as well as kind of bringing journaling back into my life, and me, you know, um, while it's not a kind of regular habit, it's still a tool I use for inspiration. Um, but I suppose the other thing that it brought for me was just this kind of mindfulness and noticing and kind of paying attention to other things around me mm-hmm. that can be sources of inspiration and creativity. So for me, you know, it's so important to kind of like step outside of the day to day work that I do to find inspiration. And so that could be mm-hmm. from art an illustration you know color shape and textures mm-hmm. all around us mm-hmm. um but also nature yeah nature's a big source of inspiration for me it's something that I include in a lot of my projects really purely because a lot of the clients I work with maybe the the work they do is of a kind of like outdoor nature or they may have a brand that's Mm. inspired by nature and yeah I seem to kind of attract those kinds of clients which is great because you know if I'm producing something that's to do with the outdoors or is inspired by trees and leaves and the sea and waves or something like that it's Mm. all good for me but yeah being out doors whether it's your daily walk or being in the garden or I don't know one of my favorite things is just to sit in a cafe and daydream and look out a window I'm a bit of a people watcher so <laughs> yeah it's the best, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that sort of 
Yeah, there's just so many ideas that come to me when I'm in that kind of environment. Although I do have to make a conscious effort to get out and about. I think it can be just so easy to sit at our desks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah, do what we need to do there. So definitely for me, changing up my environments, Mm -hmm. um, a big thing if I need to kind of change my mindset or just kind of shift the way I'm feeling about something I'm working on, it can kind of, yeah, make a difference to the ideas that I have, I suppose. But also other influences are like books and magazines. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of that is kind of featured for me this week in the challenge that I'm doing because I've been kind of just yeah getting creative cutting things out sticking things onto sheets and things and just sort of it's helped me kind of think in a different way but I think the ultimate thing for me is like travel Mm -hmm. which I haven't done a lot of in recent years a lot of us haven't done a lot of that but like even even with the opportunity to travel now it's I've kind of chosen to actually travel in the UK so like over the last few years most of kind of my travel has been to places in the UK that I've never been to before but I used to do a lot of overseas travel and we used to work away for the Mm -hmm. summers as well so I really miss that actually Mm -hmm. yeah so two questions about traveling do you travel mostly in the UK because you want to do something for the environment or is it because of another reason? Do you or do you want to slow travel? I think both of those things, you know, there's definitely been a feeling between me and my partner that, you know, well, A by exploring more of the UK and what's on our doorstep, you know, we learn more about where we're from. And he's from Leeds in England. So, you know, we do a bit of kind of traveling around Yorkshire and staying in different places there equally we love to go down south I mean I I enjoy being in London I don't spend a lot of time there but I like sort of short sharp bursts there I've spent quite a lot of time there this year but also the north of Scotland and you know the west coast the outer Hebrides because my dad was from the Isle of Lewis so yeah I love the Scottish islands you know they're just beautiful yeah I feel like you can go somewhere like that and feel like you're on the edge of the world and not necessarily have to go too far but I'm also a sun seeker (laughs) so I love being in warmer climes and so that's been tricky because it's been a few years since we've been abroad Mm -hmm. and I think the last trip we went on we actually we drove from, well, here, but took the ferry over to Amsterdam and then drove to Italy. And we stopped in a few different mm. places along the way. So that was a really cool adventure. Like we had a, a week or two of just stopping and spending time in different places. And then we had about five weeks in Italy. So, like, we let our flat out in Edinburgh and then that's for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and then yeah we stayed away for for that period just to enjoy being somewhere new so that was pretty cool but yeah that was the last time we were away I think so 
it's been a long time since we've done a kind of big road trip. Maybe before, did you travel also to tropical countries or the typical countries that digital nomads travel to? Yes, so we we've spent time in Thailand, um, India, been to South America. Yeah, we've done a lot of travel between us, covered a lot of miles and loved it. You know, I and I will go back to these places. You know, we've had some great experiences. I mean, we've also, you know, we've taken our daughter to Disney World. You know, we've done the other extreme, which, you know, we talk about the environment and stuff. Yeah. And then part of it just sort of <laughs> is like, oh, it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's tricky. But we had had a really difficult year that year as a family and we were grieving we yeah we'd had a challenging time and I remember saying to my partner Jonathan like I don't think you can get further away from your problems than the magic kingdom <laughs> and so that's what we did Cora was three at the time and we were like let's just go so yeah we had we had a couple of weeks over there. We had like a week doing the Disney World thing. And then we had a week on Anna Maria Island, which was really just lovely and chilled. It was over Christmas and New Year as well. We just wanted to kind of get away from everything. And it mm. it was like an otherworldly experience. And I, d I don't know if it's something that we'll repeat, but certainly for Cora, my daughter, mm -hmm. she... She loved it and she still mm -hmm. remembers it, you know, yeah, yeah. she still talks about it. So for her, it was like a, a real kind of cool experience. Yeah. There was, um, I was watching a, a stand-up comedian who is American, but he does stand-up in French. And he also talked about the Disney experience and how he hated himself to go, but for going, but yeah you do that for your kids <laughs> oh totally I mean she's such a Disney lover and at the time I remember she was really into Frozen and like she knew we went to see the stage show and she knew every single word and um <laughs> yeah we've got so many lovely photos and memories from that that time and it re really was like escapism yeah. like pure escapism for us and it, it's not the kind of holiday that we'd want to kind of like go on again anytime soon but I think we would take her back again potentially but and I would love to go further afield with her you know take her somewhere like Thailand which I absolutely mm -hmm. loved you know like diving there was just incredible and we had such lovely experiences but yeah there's a lot that we can do at home as well you know but for for just to come back to the Disney example, for example, that stand-up comedian definitely uh, gave him the creativity he need he needed because he did a whole stand-up about that. And I was wondering if it brought you also a certain level of creativity in in whatever work you were doing at the time. Um, I think back then. So what was that five years ago? For me it was just like light relief and I sometimes think the best thing you can do for your creativity and for your work life is to have a break mm -hmm. so for me it was really just kind of like stepping away from everything you know when I put my out of office on my out of office is on I did I didn't take my laptop mm -hmm. you know 
I mean, there was a time where I would not have left the house without my laptop. So this was me like mm. halfway across the world without mm-hmm. it, like an ocean between us. Um, but I've become a lot better about kind of like putting those boundaries in place. And I think that was the greatest thing for me because I could just sort of immerse myself in my daughter's world. And yeah. I think that kind of like, I think I was just excited as she was to mm-hmm. meet Mickey and Minnie. Mm-hmm. Like there's a photo of me cuddling Mickey and I don't think I've ever had a bigger smile on my face like <laughs> we still laugh about it because I just look like a giant child um but yeah we just we just had such a, a great time yeah. and yeah like I think just seeing the world through her eyes as well like my daughter's eyes was like just such a nice experience and a new you know, fun play oh yeah Plays like is also good for business. (laughs) Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. I run a something called a play day with clients Mm. where it's really just a day to kind of explore Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. strategy, styling, or storytelling. But yeah, getting that kind of injection of play into Mm -hmm. business is so important. I think when you feel playful, you know, your best ideas come to you. Yeah. I think so too. Play, playful and rested, calm, bored maybe sometimes. Also, I think you were yeah, saying that boredom. before. Yeah, um, I read something yesterday about boredom. I can't remember what I read it in. Was it, I can't remember if it was a blog or a magazine. I think because I've been in that many different mediums this week, I forget. But <laughs> it it was really interesting because it was about kind of like embracing boredom I think we really struggle with being bored these days you know there's this constant need to switch on so there's a phone in our pockets 20 not 24 7 but 12 hours a day and do we we cannot be bored if we take it out and I think that's a it's a challenge to leave it at home for example but then it's like oh but I want to take a picture so I struggle with that too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm but glad for... I'm not the only one because, yeah, I do struggle <laughs> with boredom. <laughs> I think I'm learning to rest because I'm into slow living and all these things and mindfulness, yoga, meditation. So I learn that it's okay to not work and leave the computer at home sometimes. <laughs> it's funny you said and there was an ocean <laughs> between us <laughs> yeah that's the distance you need sometimes <laughs> um, yeah exactly just to separate yourself yeah but I think yeah. boredom is a is another yeah another level that I will explore now that we talked about it <laughs> it's interesting it's yeah. also for me, the traveling that brings inspiration, I mean, totally. And sometimes traveling will give you something you were not even thinking about. For example, the struggle. No, I'm kidding. Well, also, the struggle can be something you were not expecting. But this summer, we went to Bretagne, Brittany, France, and also an island part of the mm-hmm. UK, the Channel Island, Jersey. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. We oh yeah kids. jersey's lovely yeah it's it the people are very nice there that really i was like wow that's crazy 
<laughs> coming from friends, you know, like having rude people. <laughs> it's just, I like cliches. So we were camping on this island and uh, I was, I had big plans before we went. I thought I'm going to do all these reels, you know, perfect for Instagram and all the beautiful things. And, and turned out I just made videos about toilets most of the time and how camping sucks. <laughs> and it, it really brought I mean, I started, I, I did little videos like that already, like about something funny to me at least, but it really brought it to another level because that, that was the only thing I ended up doing. Didn't write any blog posts, didn't do any mm -hmm. 3D reel. And I was like, oh, actually, it's, it's interesting that this trip brought that and it was not my intention at, at all. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to add. Yeah, and camping's not easy. We've no. done a few, mainly sort of like, I, I know it's a little bit different when you're camper vanning. I'm probably not a camping person. I don't know. I don't know if I would be great company on a camping trip. Um, but yeah, we took um, a camper van around the Western Isles a long time ago now, gosh, nine or 10 years ago. But that was amazing. But yeah, you really do have to tap into your inner resources <laughs> on these kind of trips because, of course, there's not as much convenience. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not, I think it's overrated, you know, the van life and all these things that you see online. Yeah, the reality is sometimes not that fun. I mean, I knew before I went on the trip, I knew what I was getting myself into. But I just wanted to share on this podcast that inspiration can come in in ways you didn't expect sometimes, most mm -hmm. of the time, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And another question about storytelling more precisely. Do you do storytelling in, with, um, in a visual way then? Or do you or both, or you use, what's your medium? Well, when I talk about storytelling in the context of branding and design, you know, yes, it's a huge part of my work. So if I am designing a logo for somebody, it's important for me be, to be able to tell mm -hmm. a story through mm -hmm. the visuals. And, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a kind of gentle and calming brand, then I aim to do that mm -hmm. through the colours as well as the fonts. Um, if it's a va a, a brand rather that's um, focused on, say, the environment and sustainability, then it's maybe about bringing aspects of that in um, with nature, for example, as we touched on earlier. Um and yes, it's sometimes it's about really subtly communicating someone's mm -hmm. values and ideas through mm -hmm. a logo. Um, and just sort of creating an overall style. So it's not just the logo, it can be accompanying illustrations, fonts, mm -hmm. um, how they use their colour palette. It's really about creating a whole kind mm -hmm. of suite of assets for them to mm -hmm. work with mm -hmm. and build on and communicate with 
And so in that sense, there is a visual element to storytelling, but then there's also the language that you use, the words that you use. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I work quite closely with clients to come up with words and phrases and key paragraphs and things that they can use again and again just to sort of reinforce why they do what they do and Mm -hmm. of course what they do and how they do it so yeah there's a few different approaches that you can take with it um but the ultimate goal really is to help somebody feel happy and content with their branding and also to be able to confidently communicate with people about their business Mm -hmm. you know I think a lot of people struggle to kind of like share their ideas and their vision and their values so I don't know I try and give people the chance to kind of open up you know Mm -hmm. a bit more have a bit more fun with it all and hopefully give them the opportunity to connect more with people do you have tips specifically about that with client with my clients I suppose everyone's different and have their own goals and approaches but I think really the best thing you can do is start so mm-hmm. it's really about like that post that you're anxious about sharing mm-hmm. or that blog that you don't really want to write I think just getting started with actually communicating your ideas Mm -hmm. because you can go back and change things later Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing as well is to see it all as an experiment you know whether it's your email newsletter or creating a new brand or designing a new website you know whatever stage you're at I think just seeing it as an opportunity to play which you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. I think yeah just that kind of if, if you can go into it with with the mindset of it's an experiment it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. It stops you from thinking about that kind of end goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for the design side, but also the kind of story side and actually sharing things with people, you know, not thinking too much on what your expectations are and what you hope to happen, because it's unlikely that things are going to go exactly how <laughs> you plan or hope so letting go of that is definitely an important part of the process and it changes also so much right you might do something at a certain like do your website and then you want it completely different a few months later oh totally and I'm terrible for that you know I'll do I launched my website earlier this year and I'd love to redesign it again. <laughs> I think that's just that's just what happens when you're a designer. You know, you kind of yeah. um, you see new things and get yeah. new ideas, and then you want to keep playing. But it's it's a tricky one because you don't want to be changing it every month. But you still, how do you then decide when it's time for the change on the website, for example? Well, I think when you're a designer, I think it's really good to go and you know, refresh things every few years, not necessarily from scratch, but I think Mm -hmm. there's always going to be some need to shift and shape things because our kind of plans change over time. And, you know, it's important to be able to kind of check in with things like your vision and values. And 
make sure that you still feel aligned. So like for me, I, yeah, there's things I want to change about my website, but ultimately I'm just kind of using it as an opportunity to build on and tweak things, you know, so I'll add new pages. There's more that I need to develop with it before I go back and redesign mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I do have ideas from time to time, but it's just also about patience and kind of like storing those ideas for a much later date. But yeah, I think being open to just evolving things over time is always good. And that goes for more than just design. I think that's just business in general mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being able to adapt you know, having that flexibility and the attitude of, right, I've tried that and it's not quite working, well, I'll change it, is a really powerful one because then you're not just wedded to an idea and making Mm. something happen that's not necessarily working. Do you have any other tips you'd like to share for people trying to figure things out or something you see happen over and over again with your clients, something important? I think for most of my clients, you know, something I I see quite regularly is a kind of like need to have a clear strategy before they come and work with me. It's like they need to have a kind of plan. They need to know exactly what they're doing before they dive into okay. design. But I think you know, strategy is all part of the process of branding, you know, and it's like we were talking there about just starting, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that goes for the kind of strategy side as well, because sometimes you can develop a strategy as you go along and it might not Mm -hmm. be the done thing or it might not be the advice from the experts or what you Mm -hmm. should be doing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it just comes back to that experimentation again, you know, just getting going with something, figuring it out, particularly a new business, you know, you're testing out ideas, you want to just quickly iterate, get Mm -hmm. something out there. I think that's so important just to test the waters Mm -hmm. and, and then have it perfect right away and being okay with it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like letting go of perfection because it doesn't exist anyway, does it? And I think it's just like, trying to yeah be comfortable with exploring and be gentle with yourself about what Mm -hmm. the outcome might be Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think begin explore exactly begin and explore yeah (laughs) exactly yeah very nice thank you for those tips where can we find you um, so you can find me mainly over on Instagram where I post occasionally or in stories. So I'm at thesearethedays.co. Um, I'm also on Pinterest, These Are The Days Co. And my website is thesearethedays.co. So yeah, all pretty consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anything else you'd like to share? No, I just, I I want to say thank you so much for reaching out and yeah, I've really enjoyed chatting about, yeah, all things creativity and business. Um, Me too. Yeah, I found it really energizing, Ellie, so I've loved it. Thanks. 
Thank you too. Thank you for your time and your input. It was very interesting. It's always interesting to talk about business and creativity. And I've enjoyed the background of your screen very much. It's beautiful. Uh, it inspires I'm glad me. Glad you lot. like the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, thank you. Um, I might go and paint uh, my kitchen <laughs> or my living, my whole flat. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or create a vision board for your interior yeah. styling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you all for listening.